Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with Atticus the Poet. Atticus has over 1 million followers on Instagram, two New York Times best-selling books, a wine company. He has a podcast coming out as well. And he does this all behind a mask and an alias that he's created for himself, a world that he and his fans know as Atticus. We chat about his upcoming book, The Truth About Magic, which comes out September 10th, which you can pre-order on Amazon right now. We also get into the origin of Atticus the Poet and where he finds his inspiration to create. We also chat about his new daily podcast, Naked on Kashmir, which comes out September 1st and will bring his poetry to life. And Dude's Got a Voice for a podcast. You can listen to a trailer of the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. It's good. It's really good. I can't wait to, to start to listen to it. But even the trailer is, uh, it's pretty rad. So I'm excited for that. But yeah, I had a really good time chatting with him. Super, super cool dude. I was able to chat with Atticus in his studio and, uh, and yeah, it was a good time. So thanks again, Atticus. I appreciate it. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this. I know you're going to dig it. So I will stop talking now and we will get to the conversation. So without further ado, please enjoy this chat with Atticus the Poet. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the dark room. All right, dude. Well, we're live. I love it. Holy crap. Atticus the Poet. This is insane. Thank you so much for, for having me over and, and doing this with me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you're a, a two-time New York Times bestseller working on your third book right now. Uh, you have over a million followers on Instagram based all around your poetry. You have a podcast coming out. You have a wine company. You're an amateur winemaker. And you do this all behind this, this alias of Atticus the Poet, right? Where these people really have not seen your face. They don't know your identity. How hard is that the bigger you get or does it become easier the bigger you get? You know, like what, what, what is that like when you start to, to really, you know, become as popular as you are and put out as much content as you do? Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question, and and first off, thank you for yeah. <laughs> for all that. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I started to I started to write when I when I first began. I, I chose to write anonymously because I felt um, I think that I was like shy about the poetry side. You know, to, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm honest about like why I first wore the mask, but um, then it, it then it it really helped me to, to remind myself to write vulnerably and to write what I feel and not necessarily what I think I should feel. That's what it's kind of evolved into. Um, and you know, for me, it's not about necessarily like you can never know who I am. It's, it's not about that. It's more kind of that, that idea, that, that bigger concept of like, it's not about who I am. That's not, you know, if you like the words, you like the words and that's what it should be about. And then try to keep it about the kind of art of it. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever fight with your ego and does your ego ever say like, man, like maybe, maybe I'll shift, maybe I'll make a change over time or, or are you pretty locked in? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty locked in at this point. You know, I think there's always that temptation. You know, it's nice. There is a degree of celebrity where it's like it's nice to get recognized, and and you know, but um, but for me, I'm just I'm my priority doesn't align with my priorities. You right. know, like I want to yeah. be able to like walk 
in a, in Paris and, and not get recognized. I want to be, um, you know, able to be just like, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A weirdo, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and not, and not get recognized. And, and again, just keep it about, keep it about the words, but you know, ultimately I do want to share, share my words and, and mm-hmm. I want to do that on the, on the biggest platform possible. And so, yeah. 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 So, you know, like at least for, for me, for, you know, photography, like I feel like, you know, but I mean, before we started this, I told you I jumped into photography because like essentially I was put in a spot in Circuit City where like I was selling cameras. So like that brought me into the world. Yeah. But like when I started taking pictures, I started noticing pictures as well in the outside world. Right. So like magazines and, you know, some of these like great old like pictures that have been, you know, famous for, you know, 50, 60 years. Like I really started to resonate towards these photos and like they kind of did something for me. And then I'd tell yeah. people about it and be like, you're a weirdo. Like that's a <laughs> bunch of dudes like on a bridge in New York City in the 1920s. You know, that's all I see. But like I would see like so much more. So yeah, you're like, look at the light. Yeah. Like look at how the spacing here. Look exactly. At free space. 100%. Space, yeah. And like to this day, like it it still feels like that for me and I still get so much inspiration from, from other photographs and photographers and like that hasn't changed. Is there a time when, you know, poetry did that to you or maybe just like literature did that to you? Like, did you like really start to resonate with things and kind of connect the dots in your head and be like, man, like this is, is powerful, but I also think I can do this. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. And it, and it wasn't just poetry. It was kind of all, all art, you know, but, um, you know, I started reading a lot of Hunter S. Thompson and, and really connecting with, with him and his kind of style and his adventurous spirit and, um, you know, Bukowski to some degree and, um, and then the like whole, the beatniks and the, Mm -hmm. and Jack Kerouac and, you know, that, that whole crew. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just started reading these, these like beautiful, stories and words and quotes and poems and and really connecting to it right um and i i found it very very powerful and and, you know certainly as i've like learned more about uh, you know written more and become more into poetry Mm -hmm. i look back on those things and really really can appreciate the brilliance of them all and um i i was lucky enough to be able to go to to um go to oxford and and take all these poetry courses and, yeah. and you know, the main thing it taught me was how little I know about poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, but also how, how much I can appreciate now, like looking at some of these other authors and writers, how, how insanely talented they are and how beautiful some of these pieces are. Yeah. When did you, when did you first realize, or maybe it was, you know, other people in your life or a professor or, or, or friends or family, but like, did anybody ever like kind of sit you down or, or look at your work and be like, man, like this is something, you know, or did you kind of figure that out on your own? Yeah, no, I mean, it happened very serendipitously. Like, um, did, do you know the, where kind of Atticus came from? Have I, no, okay. no, no, jump into you. it. Yeah, yeah. so um, I, I was in France in, uh, in um, just outside of Monte Carlo, mm-hmm. and uh, I met this, I was introduced to this actor named Michael Madsen. Who, uh, yeah, oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah Reservoir Dogs, like, yeah. everything, yeah, a ton of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. American Badass. Yeah, like, yeah, he's the man. Yeah, uh, I'd always uh, like looked up to him as an incredible mm-hmm. actor, and and you know like American bad boy, drove yeah. motorcycles, oh yeah, you know, for sure. drank whiskey, and mm-hmm. um, and so I spent a lot of time chatting with him, and, and we became friends, and and he introduced me to poetry. He no started way. writing poetry, yeah, unreal. And here's this guy who's like yeah. the most badass, yeah, oh yeah, you know, 
American ever. For sure. And he's writing poetry. And that kind of gave me permission to explore that side of myself for the first time. And so I was in Paris a few days later and I saw something beautiful um, and I just started writing about it. And from there, I I just started posting and I never really expected anyone to follow. And I didn't really write it, you know, with that goal at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then it started building and it, it, it was, it evolved slowly and, and serendipitously. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was yeah. all like, like once you started posting, you always posted from Atticus, right? Yeah. And, and in the beginning, like, you know, were you, were you like really grinding to get followers and, you know, get people to see your work or did it really just snowball on each other over the course of, you know, no. a few years? I mean, I had no expectations start, you know, this was kind of the the early days of Instagram to some degree, and and I had no expectations or or anything. I just kind of really loved uh, these kind of short form poems and right. like epigrams and and like posting other people's work and mm-hmm. and just like I just loved the words and the whole kind of like the the world around poetry, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, you know, without any expectations, I started posting. So it was it was mm-hmm. a real surprise when it seemed to be. Start, you know, resonating with people, and more and more people post started posting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When did the mask come into play? Um, you know what? I needed a picture of the first time I, you know, when I created the Atticus mm-hmm. account, and I just had this picture of me in like a Guy Fox mask, and mm-hmm. I just threw that up there. Yeah, and and uh, and I chose the name Atticus um, because uh, there's this there's this nation of um, in ancient Greece, the mm-hmm. uh, nation of Attica. And the Atticans okay. from there, and they're like famous philosophers and poets, and I was like that. And I'm a Harper Lee fan too. I grew up like loving Atticus Finch and, okay. and how, to, how to Kill a Mockingbird. Nice man, nice. Yeah. So, so you know, you put the mask on, and really, like, did did the mask live until you started going out into public and doing these like public readings and these you know these poem readings and things like that, or did the mask start coming more into play in photos through your feed? I mean, the mask was just kind of always there, and it wasn't about that mask or anything. It was more yeah. about just like maintaining that anonymity, yeah, yeah, maintaining sure. the anonymity and 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 keeping it as like the symbol of like, listen, I, I'm promising to you that I'm going to write what I feel, and there's mm-hmm. no reason I shouldn't because you know, there I'm doing it anonymously, and mm-hmm. and so for me, it's the, it is that beacon, that symbol, and it can be no mask, it can be a silhouette, it can be smoke, it can be you know, if for me, it's the most important thing is just like keeping it about the words and keeping it about the vulnerability. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but certainly, you know, using the mat, like I, I wanted to find another way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And so like doing these talks, I, I was always struggling with like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to go like meet people? I want to see people eye to eye. I want to shake people's hands and meet people who have the, these tat, like my words tattooed on them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to wear a mask and I'm just going to, you know, Go and 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 go on these book tours and, and meet people. Yeah, um, and so it's been an incredible way to connect with people. Yeah. When did you start doing, you know, like face to face things with fans? Like, do you remember kind of like maybe even using your Instagram as like a timeline? Like, did you reach like you know fifty thousand or hundred thousand followers and you had enough people being like, hey, I'd love to see your work? And then finally, did you just like buckle down and say like, all right, like maybe we'll do this pop up? You know, like what was the beginning of all that? That's How did good, you get it going? Yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, I think it was, it's hard to remember now, but I think I was like, I had a couple hundred thousand followers and, and you know, I, I was just cruising. I was kind of enjoying like the community and talking to people. And then someone reached out to me, this agent mm-hmm. from New York who um, 
um, was like, have you ever thought about writing a book? And mm-hmm. I was, I was like, you know, I'd thought about it, but never really seriously. And, uh, with her, um, we built a proposal and, and shopped it and, and, you know, I was lucky enough to get a bunch of offers. You know, I went on that first book tour and that was the point that I started being able to engage with audience, like directly with the mask and, and doing that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. What was, uh, preparation like? You know, when you knew that you're writing a book, was that essentially like almost like okay, let's say like a first album for a band, right? Like yeah. you can work on music for like as long as you want, and then the first album comes out, and it's always incredible because you've been working on that for so long. Yeah. So is that what you did? Did you pull from all the previous and past poems that like really hit hard? Yeah, and put those in the book. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to use a lot of my kind of favorite poems that I'd ever written, mm-hmm. but I also wanted to like include a bunch of new ones and yeah. along the same theme. And so it was all kind of structured around this kind of theme of love her wild and, and something that, that, that filled fit in that narrative that mm-hmm. I felt that we were going on that kind of like little, little journey within the book. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we did. And, and, uh, it was an incredible process. I mean, writing a book is, is insane. Insane. Yeah. yeah you can't it, imagine. It's so much, there's so much more than you think and it For takes sure. so much longer. And, yeah. and, you know, I'd spend hours and hours working on like, put a comma here, change this word. And, mm-hmm. you know, particularly because my poems are like really, really short, yeah. you know, if you change one thing, it's like a completely different, yeah, you know, sure. meaning and, and they are really simple and, and, you know, I, I try to spend a lot of time refining complicated ideas into something that's pretty simple. And, you know, I think it works sometimes. It doesn't work other times. And in your case, like, because you're, you know, your stuff is so unique and it's so, like, true to you. So, like, if there's some editor who's like, and now we got to change this around and, like, put a comma there and da-da-da, you're like, no, like, this is, this poem, like, this is how it looks. Like, we're not changing that, you know? So, like... Did did you actually have any issues with anything along the lines of like working with somebody else who like either didn't see the vision or just didn't understand like what this book was really about? Yeah, I mean it's it's always I think a battle. I've had publishers and editors that have been really really supportive to the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is. I think part of this whole thing, and I, certainly as a musician, is just like growing the confidence in yourself to be like, no, no, this is my creative vision. This right. is right. You know, off the bat, you're kind of like, I've never written a book before. Like, does mm-hmm. this sound good? I, you know are people going to like my, my poetry? And they're like, well, why don't you change this and this? And you're like, sometimes you're, you concede, even though you don't think it sounds as good. For sure. And I think in, in my later books, I've been like, no, this is the way I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, I know my audience and I, and I think that this would resonate with them. So I want to keep it that way. And it's also like keeping the kind of rawness. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And then, so, so you put out that first book and that was in like what, 2016 or 17? Yeah, so yeah, something around there. Yeah. Okay, and then you've done a you've done a second one in between because yeah. you're working your third now. Yeah, yeah. So so actually going back to the first one before I jump too far ahead, um, it's called "Love Me Wild." Is that what I it love is? Love her wild. I'm yeah. sorry, love her wild. Yeah. Can we kind of go into like the thought behind that, and, like what the meaning behind even just that title is, and how it like kind of overlays into the book? Yeah, definitely. Um, I wrote this poem, um, it was one of the first ones I ever wrote, and it was a really long one, and it was called uh, Love Her But Leave Her Wild. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, and people really picked up on on that idea, Love Her But Leave Her Wild, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's to date, like, you know, certainly my most tattooed kind of phrase, I would say. Right. And I think, you know, I, I love hearing what people draw from it, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, certainly I... 
I um, draw different things from it, yeah. but it was this kind of like whole idea of of you know loving something, but like loving them for who they are, and not changing them. And mm-hmm. love her wild um, was kind of a play, you know an ode to that to some degree, and tried to make it work on on multiple levels. You know, love her wild side, but like you know, love her wildly as well. And and then I separated the book into three sections: love her and wild. And the first one's just about like love, like I love writing about love. And then her was kind of my my muse at the time I, I wrote about you know a particular person um and then wild was just this this other element that i love to write about the theme of just like you know infinite youth and living forever and like running out to the desert and drinking whiskey and you know riding motorcycles and you know that whole theme and so i felt it all kind of mixed well together in this in this in this like i said before narrative journey yeah have you yeah. always been able to to pull from life experience for all of your poetry? Yeah, it, it's a combination, but primarily, you know, you know, life experience. And then it's also, you know, I, I often try to use my imagination, you know, like what would it feel like to be, you know, 80 years old and lose the love of your life? What would that feel like? And, mm-hmm. and try to write around that. And, um, and like, you know, just like, really honing in on on emotions like loneliness and and sadness and first love you know I, I like to write about new love like I don't know if you remember the like the first kind of times you were in love but it was like yeah that was exciting shit for you sure it's like yeah you know yeah. like nothing has like ever compared to yeah. those like first in feelings. retrospect it's, yeah that's exciting but when you're going through the ringer sometimes oh, back yeah. in those early days <laughs> it's not fun no for sure but yeah no there's something to be said about like you know, harnessing those feelings in a way that you have, which, you know, not a lot of people can like even put on like into words, you know, but like there's so many, there's so many experiences and ups and downs and emotions that like come from love. Maybe not even love with like another person too, but just like maybe like, you know, this thing that you had that you loved or this sport that you played that you love, like there's so many ups and downs, right? Totally. I feel like that's too like why it's probably really cool for you to see how people resonate with your work because it's different for everybody. Yeah. But there's like got to be similar, there's parallels for everything in life. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's so many parallels and I, I love it when, you know, it's people will even change the like prone, the pronouns or mm-hmm. like the, you know, he's to she's and she's to for he's. Sure. And, and it, I think that that just goes to your point that yeah. it, it does, you know, relate to anybody and, um, and they can make it fit them. Actually, it reminds me of this beautiful thing this woman said to me once at this show because I wear this reflective mask. And she's like, I don't know why you chose that mask, but I think it's beautiful that it's reflective because people can see themselves in you. Oh, wow. I was like, wow. That's deep as shit. I know. I, I love like, that. I didn't choose it for that reason, but that's, yeah, that's, that's I'm going to say that from now on. That's amazing. Wow, man. So yeah. when you were, you know, when you were growing up, you were in Canada, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, were you were you doing any writing then? Were you starting to appreciate books then? Like, do you kind of remember like early inspirations of like either putting pencil to paper or just things that are along the lines of what you're doing now? Yeah, I used to journal a lot. Like, I used to just like write everything 
thing in in journals. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, you know, in Indiana Jones when he's got like the oh, gra- yeah. Grail yeah. diary. Yeah. Like I was obsessed with yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. Draw, See, draw, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's funny. Draw maps and like yeah. you know, like stories and whatever in uh-huh. there. And I think I think poetry may have come out of that a bit. Yeah. And then it was also just finding these writers. You know, you know, like like. Hemingway, like mm-hmm. Fitzgerald, like Sylvia Plath, you know, um, I, I found them, and it was it was in that discovery that um, that poetry was kind of born for me. Yeah. yeah, there's something about you know writers like Hemingway and Bukowski, and you know, like even I'll throw Bourdain in there because I'm a huge Bourdain fan. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but like there, there's like this this narrative that is really. I wouldn't, I don't know, like maybe attractive isn't the word, but there's something about like these figures that they just are completely wild in a way, right? And they're completely free and they live their own life and they set their own path and like they're all badass the way that they do it, you know? And like I gravitate towards that as well more than any other, you know, idol or thing that you could look at and say like, you know, like I kind of not aspire to be this, but I aspire to have characteristics like this, you know, like what is it about these, you know, particular people, these writers, you know, whether it be even like an actor like Madsen, uh, like what is it at least to you about these people that, that you, you know, you look up to? I mean, I think you nailed it in saying that they're that it's the kind of freedom, the wildness, the kind of you know infiniteness of them, and yeah. you know I think they're obviously as it as it with celebrity they're like the persona of them is so much so much more romantic than like their true lives right um but you just see them for you know in their words, mm-hmm. and they're just like. You know, Hemingway was this, like, he was almost bigger than his words sometimes. Right. You know, he was this character who flew planes and cra- crashed them yeah. and, oh, yeah. you know, shot guns and boxed people, and, you know, and rode motorcycles. And, he, and you know, um, that is really enticing. To it is. <laughs> it know? is. Yeah. I, I love that. And it's it's very aspirational. And he was, like, in a lot of a lot of ways, he was, like, Mm-hmm. that's who I want to be as a man, you know, like For a sure. real man. Yeah, exactly. A real man. And and yet he had this kind of like poetic side too. Yeah, like there, it, 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 is, it is weird how like, you know, you totally gravitate towards, you know, certain people, but but they all kind of are in line to, you're in tune to like what you're doing and like the places that you want to go, but in your own specific journey, yeah. you know, which you are capturing so incredibly because, you know, there's only there's only one Atticus, but like really, like I feel like you've, you've tapped into this creative community and you've built this community around your work and and that would never exist without, you know, back in the day you being in France and you being like, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to go for this. But like you've, dude, you've built two, like two books worth. You're, you're on your third one. You've built this community of over a million people. Like this, like it's insane. Like I'm sure like sometimes you probably have to sit around and be like, damn, this is crazy. You know, like how, how has it been like, especially recently, like seeing like how big this thing has gotten for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's humbling. It, it, I mean, the whole journey has been very humbling. You know, you never, maybe it's just a writer's thing, but like, I never think people are going to show up or want to hear what I have to say. And so it's yeah. very surprising when they do. And, um, it, but it's, uh, it's ultimately just, you know, a lot of fun now. And I'm like, I'm really going after what I, what I, what interests me. And, mm-hmm. and, um, actually it's a funny story. Cause Michael Madsen on that first meeting, he was mm-hmm. like, 
he was like, well, what did you want to do when you're a kid? And I was like, I was like, I think I, you know, I wanted to write and like live on a vineyard. Yeah. And he's like, then that's what you should do. Oh man, that's great. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I started writing and then a few years later I launched this, this wine, Poet Wine. Yeah. Um, which, which I've always wanted to do. You know, I've, yeah. I, I love wine. I love the, the world around wine. I love like going to vineyards. I love like oak oh, yeah. barrels. I love like nature. I love, you know, the grapes. I love, you know, the growing and, uh, and I like drinking wine. Yeah. All these phonies <laughs> are out here brewing beer in their bathtub and yeah. you're out here making wine. Yeah. So like, I, yeah, I definitely want to talk about poet wine. Um, cause for one, the branding looks insanely perfect. I, oh, thank I, you. I, at least for me, like I love the minimalism to it and like it so fits your style, which is great. Um, I'm sure it tastes great too. Yeah, I'll give you a bottle. There's some over there. That'd be yeah. incredible. So what, like, what, what's the process of, you know, like, take me to the beginning of like wanting to to make a wine and like being like, okay, I know I want to do this. Now I'm going to do it. Like, how does somebody do that? How did you do that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few ways to go around it, but you know, for me, um, it it again happened serendipitously, but it was in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, always to make to make a wine, and and I was talking to these these guys, and they'd started this company called Wink W I N C, and it's like a mm-hmm. wine subscription service. It's like one of the biggest ones in the states. Okay, and they're friends of mine, and the 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 actual the guy who started comes up to me one day and is like, we should do something, like we should make a wine together. And I hadn't thought about it as being that simple, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, seems very hard. No, I know, I know, and and it kind of so it just kind of it kind of, I was like, absolutely, let's do it. And so yeah. we started going down this process. And then I realized how, how difficult like, and long a process is like creating your own wine. Yeah, we, you sure. know, we wanted to do it soup to nuts. So like we wanted, mm-hmm. we went out to the vineyards in, in Santa Barbara and, okay. we, you know, worked with this incredible winemaker down there, picked the grapes and, and yeah. like our whole goal was this wine was to make something that's like really drinkable, just like, mm-hmm. you know, most people would drink it and be like, that's, that's a nice wine. That's like, that's yeah. great. And you can drink lots of bottles. Have you ever been to Europe and, and gone to like a, a small town and gone to a restaurant there and the, the proprietor like brings out a bottle of the mm. donor, like brings out no. a bottle of wine? No, I wish. No, the oh. smallest town I've been to is, is Florence. Oh, Italy, Florence. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Florence is like, honestly, the picture I have in my head when I, when Perfect. I tell this story. Love this place. Yeah. Yeah. So you like, he brings out a bottle of wine. He mm-hmm. owns the place. His family's owned the place for a hundred years. Yeah. And then, you know, you guys are just drinking and then he brings out another bottle and oh, then he brings man. out another bottle yeah, and it's yeah. like the table wine, right? It's exactly. so easy to so drink. So drinkable, perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you know, by the end of the night, he's sitting with you and you're, you're, and yeah. he invites you to dinner at his house. Exactly. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the wine that we wanted to create. Incredible. Yeah. So you guys wanted to create a really good red table wine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, cool. So when you go in there, and you have like a red table wine in mind, like I feel like there's so many avenues you could go with. Like it's not like you're coming in being like, I want 100% Syrah or yeah. I want to do like a, you know, a blend with like a cab and this, right? Like a red table wine is like, yeah, like you have so many options, right? Yeah. So like, how do you go about figuring out exactly what blend you wanted to do? So it's just a lot of trying wines, honestly, yeah, like a lot sure. of tasting and, yeah. and, you know, the winemaker is just a, uh, I, he really is like a genius in in creating in creating these wines. Yeah, and and so like he came up with a bunch of like suggestions, and then from there we just go down this like pyramid of like mm-hmm. try these four. Okay, which ones do you like? Okay, these three. Which ones do you like? And you yeah. just keep going back and and playing with the blends and refining it. 
And um, sounds like an eye test, like an optometry <laughs> you know test. It's, it's like, like honestly, this or that, this or that. Honestly, yeah. like that. And not to get too into wine, but like one thing that he does so amazing is like he does a lot of the work of the wine mm-hmm. on the vine. So mm-hmm. like he he really like really concentrates on creating the most amazing, like basically the wine on the vine. And mm-hmm. so like once the grape is off. You know, it's almost ready yeah. to be. You don't have to manipulate it too much. Don't have to add too much sulfates and, right, and like right. mess with it too much. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's there. How long did this process take from from the idea to the bottle? Just like a, over a year, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're still working on it. You know, mm-hmm. we just finished our second vintage. We're still like, where we we like keep updating the the kind of bottle and yeah. adding new poems to the back. And dude, like, I'm yeah. so interested in this. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap! <laughs> and if you like, if you don't know. West Coast or like, you know, this side of California, like is the best for growing grapes. You oh, know, yeah. like Santa Barbara it's, itself is like one of these best spots in the country for growing wine. So like, you know, it's not like you're in the middle of nowhere getting grapes. Like you're getting grapes from like some of the best spots in the world for getting wine. Oh, so yeah, totally. I'm sure that like that, you know, your wine's gotta be amazing. I can't wait to try it. So so while you're doing this, you're still you're still writing and then you just did your your second book last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So going to that, what was that like? Um, yeah, it was called The Dark Between Stars. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to kind of pick up where the book, first book left off. Yeah. And it was, it was incredible. Like, I never, never thought that it would, again, like, I didn't think people would show up. And then it became yeah. a New York Times bestseller and it really kind of blew up. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it, it was just, it was humbling and inspiring mm-hmm. again, you know, and there's nothing like, you know, something about that just like makes you want to write more, you know, like you're like, oh, people want to read this. So you mm-hmm. like try to write, write more. And that's, yeah. that's why I'm really excited about this, this third book, which actually comes out in 20 days. Yeah. It's soon, right? Yeah. Uh, September 10th. September 10th. Yeah. And we positioned it like the, they're like a trilogy kind of thing, like mm-hmm. one, two, and three. And so this nice. is the lot, the third book of the trilogy, Yeah. Um, which I'm excited about because they're all, they're all like the same and they kind of pick up where the last one left off and I'm really excited about this third one because it's like the longest mm-hmm. and colored cover and they've all the rest have been black and white nice yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's just it's just a bit more yeah and uh, I think it'll button this whole trilogy really really well yeah yeah, yeah. what like what, what kind of differences maybe even in just like the way that you approach this book knowing that it was the trilogy and like knowing that if it's a trilogy, it's, you know, in ways kind of the end of this saga, yeah. you know, like, like, did you kind of take any different, you know, inspiration measures or just, I don't know, like, did you, did you approach that book completely differently than the other two? Like, how did you like sit down and, and, you know, write the poetry for this one? Yeah. I think it's just a, a mild change in, in content and that kind of that uh, narrative that I tried to, and uh, that the narrative I try to keep throughout. Yeah. Um, you know, if you see, if you look at the covers, the first one is a girl falling, mm-hmm. um, and the second one is a girl rising, and then a, a third one is is a girl flying. And I and where's I, she going? <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Into the sky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, it was that kind of like transformation, and that you mm-hmm. know, the material in the last book is really like hopeful, mm-hmm. and. and it's got that same kind of like wild, uh, like live forever thing, but it's also like like a little more, but more growing up and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I just like it more. I think it's just kind of more confident. Yeah, what like take me through you know kind of 
the way that you sit down and write, or at least the way that, you know, you either get into a flow state or like, what, what does the day to day look like when you're sitting down and writing poems? Is it like very, like, do you get secluded for like an hour or two in the morning or, you know, like what's your process for writing? That's a good question. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people ask me that. My, my favorite place to write and, and where I wrote most of these three books was um, actually at my old house. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a back house, and this was kind of like my writing area. And, yeah. I, and I just filled it with everything that inspired me, you know, mm-hmm. like typewriter, old books, like candles, like incense. Yeah, it's a very, very yeah. old school. Right? Yeah, my, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I smoke my grandfather's tobacco pipe sometimes. Yeah, oh, no, dude, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and like photos that I liked. Like I love mm-hmm. like impressionists like Monet and, and also like Basquiat and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So anyways, it filled it with everything that inspired me and I'd just go back there and be surrounded by these things that inspire me and, and sometimes start writing and sometimes, you know, just kind of sit there amongst my things. And but just wait for the, the inspiration to come here. Yeah, I often say, like I'd always like often write a candle and just like write and stare at this candle. And yeah, uh, I often say that like, writing is just staring at a candle waiting for it to say something profound because that's how I feel about writing. I love that. It's usually just staring at this candle. <laughs> I love it. And there's, there's like seven or eight candles sitting right in front of us yeah, at this table. True. I love candles. Amazing. So when you're, you know, I feel like it's like, from an outside perspective, I feel like you're the way that you go about it could essentially be like a vampire where you sleep throughout the day, then at night you're in this back house and you're staring at a candle and you're waiting for it to like, you know, like spark some inspiration. Yeah. You know, I guess it's a pun, right? Would that be a pun to <laughs> yeah. spark some inspiration as a candle? Uh, but is that the case or like do you? have this like super normal schedule? Are you in bed by 10? Are you waking up at like seven? Do you have like daily rituals in the morning? And then do you like, you know, hit the quote unquote office, which would be your back house or now your studio from like, you know, 10 to two, like what, like what do your days look like? Or is your writing totally sporadic? Um, it's more sporadic these yeah. days. I think I, I do have a pretty, a fairly normal schedule in mm-hmm. the sense that like I go to bed at a normal time and get up. Uh, at a normal time, like go right. work out. I usually box. Uh, oh, nice. I box in the mornings. Where yeah. do you box at? At JFM on Venice. Right down the way. Nice. I went to, uh, I was doing Box and Burn for two years. Have you heard oh, yeah. of that place? Yeah, of course. It's just by where I am. So yeah, yeah. it's great. I love boxing. Yeah, yeah. Side note, but yeah, yeah. I got to get back. I've been running recently because oh, cool. I moved and I got further from boxing. And then I was like, man, like what's easy? What can I do now? So I've been running every day. Mm-hmm. It hurts the ankles, man. Does it? If you're running, just you got to stretch. You got to stretch your ass off. So anyways, that was, yeah. a, that was a segue. So you're boxing in the morning sometimes. Yeah, boxing in the mornings nice. and then, and then you know, just work. And, and you know, poetry and Atticus is is one thing of, of many things that I do. For and sure. so, you know, I, I try to give it a, a lot of time. And, yeah. Um, but I'm also, you know, do so many, do, do these other things, um, that inspire me. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's just a balance and yeah. Do you uh, ever feel overwhelmed? I do. I do because unfortunately, you know, writing often, uh, you know, I've got so many things to do that writing, um, doesn't get its, you know, I don't get to concentrate on it enough as much as I'd like to. And so, um, I really I'm trying to prioritize it more and, and like set that time aside and, and, and to actually like just write. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that you, you've completed the third book, I'm sure that feels amazing. Yeah. Right. So that's all good to go. Yeah. Ready to come out to September 10th. Get that out. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's so rad. So when, when that book comes out, you know, like 
are you going on a tour? I think I saw that you are going on a tour yeah, in September. So doing like a month tour around America and, and Canada. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to hit that all in the month of September or is that a two month yeah, thing? It'll be the month of September. That's nuts, yeah. man. That's nuts. Have you gone on a tour like that before? Or is this kind of the first, like, um, you know, I did for tour? my last book. Yeah. Yeah. What's that like? Uh, it's cool. I mean, it's just, it's incredible just meeting, meeting the people. Like I said, you know, mm-hmm. it's just seeing them eye to eye and, and like often they'll show me their tattoos or, you know, tell me about their poems or like give me some of their poetry and, um, it's just in, in or hear their stories, you yeah, know, for um, sure. you know, and I find that so inspirational. It's, it's, it's literally everything to me. Like it means, yeah. means so much. And if, you know, for people that that really love poetry, maybe they haven't even written it all yet, or they're, you know, like kind of writing for a year or two, or like maybe they're really into it. But like, what are, what are some things that, you know, some fundamentals that really helped you grow as a poet or just as a writer? Like, are there any like things that, that helped you along the way that maybe somebody starting out, you know, doesn't realize that maybe this is what it takes to, to do what you're doing? You know, I get asked that a lot. Like, just like, what, like, what's the best way to start? How do you, how do you, you know, I'm I'm worried about starting. And Bukowski has this good line. He's like, if you're trying to write, don't try. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, I think to some degree it goes for, for a lot of things and certainly art. It's like, don't go out and try to make, to write the best poem ever. Don't go out and try to do the best piece of art ever. Um, Just just go out and write and yeah. just go out and make art and and just keep on making art and keep on writing and that's when the magic happens yeah for and, sure and you know that you've heard the the saying like write for the garbage bin kind of thing mm-hmm. it's like write write to throw it away like don't care if it's the perfect thing just write yeah yeah, yeah. he also uh, he said along those same lines I, i'm not going to get this quote right but essentially it's like whatever whatever will come out of you, it will eventually scream out of you, you know? So you don't have to sit around and like really try to look for it. Like if you're looking for it, you're looking too hard. Yeah, It's going to come out of you eventually. Yeah, And like as a creative, like even for me as a photographer, like, cause I, you know, like I go through these ups and downs of like trying to find my style and then finding my style then looking around and being like, what am I doing? Or just the, everything, you know, there's always things like that in any creative world. And it's like, if you kind of just wait until this inspiration screams out of you, yeah. it's going to be organic, 100%. Totally. And like, that's also a way to find your passion and what you're, like, what you're really into because at the end of the day, like, you can cancel out what you don't care about, what you don't love. But eventually, like, there's going to be something that's hovering over your head that's like, oh, but I do care about this. Why do I care about this so much? And then you can follow that and like, whatever that is, like, creatively or whatnot. But like, if you just follow that, little spark of inspiration for that one thing, no matter what it is, and just go all in on that, like you're never going to lose, Yeah, you know? Because losing isn't even a, a word for, for loving something so much when you jump into it, right? There's yeah. no losing at all. If that if there's a win and lose and you're doing the wrong thing. Totally. You know? I like that. So that's yeah. just kind of like how I, you know, look at, you know, things like that and how you can kind of just let the passion, you know, come out of you, which you've been doing for, you know, Probably your whole life, but for at least Atticus, like you've been doing that for you know a good amount of time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So after this third book comes out and you do the tour, you know, are you going to kind of take a, a step back? Or are you going full in? Are you you know still continuing to put out poems every day? Like what what's the plan for the near future, Atticus? No, I'll keep putting out poems every day. I mean, I I like I said, I I just like writing. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I like I like the uh, it. 
it's almost like meditation to me. And I like sharing it with people and I like hearing their stories and I like hearing their, um, they're getting their messages of, right. you know, something that you wrote inspired me to start writing. It's like, that's what it's all about, you know? Right, for sure. Um, you know, because all of these people inspired me to start writing. And so it's like, if you can ripple that effect, you know, ripple effect that at all. For sure. Um, that's what it's about. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of doubling down and just, um, just, Keeping it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast, September 1st. Super Naked pumped on about Cash. that. Naked on Cash, man. So we wanted to find a new way to to like bring these words alive, really. Yeah. Um, and bring poetry alive. And and so we started exploring this idea of a podcast and came up with something we really like. And it's, yeah. it's kind of like a, a, a non-traditional podcast and, and trying to create this this new f- genre basically of mm-hmm. these like micro podcasts which right. is like this short short um snippet of of like moments basically and mm-hmm. so it's just like a poem a day really short to to like beautiful music um and and it's just supposed to be like a poetic moment of like a like a meditative moment for yeah. you and then on Sundays, there's this longer poem, a couple longer poems, mm-hmm. read some other people's poetry and again to music right. and then kind of like, you know, maybe share some anecdotes or, and, and such, but it's like, it's really short. It's really simple. And it's supposed to be like, mm-hmm. just, it's supposed to feel good. Like yeah. naked and it's on cashmere. <laughs> every day, right? Yeah, every, every day. Every day, and then Sunday is a longer form. Yeah, exactly. Are you going to be doing um, a lot of previous readings for these first ones? Are you going to do any any new poems that like people haven't heard before for them? Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a mix. Some mm-hmm. of these longer ones, yeah, um, most of the longer ones, people won't have heard before ever. They're nice. kind of you know, I don't share a lot of my longer ones on Instagram mm-hmm. because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. So this is a good good place to like bring them those ones alive and introduce people to them yeah yeah, yeah. are you a podcaster do you listen to podcasts do you listen yeah, to yeah listen music? to a bunch yeah 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 i love podcasts yeah yeah um, tim ferris tim yes. ferris joe rogan for sure yeah crime junkies yeah no way loved it yeah your, uh, your podcast thanks man <laughs> i i was at trader joe's the other day and there was a big sign that said, uh, listen to our podcast and this new episode's about produce. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, nothing bad against Trader Joe's at all, or bad at all, but it's just funny how like you can find a podcast about anything yeah. as well as produce at Trader Joe's now, which is great. No, but I think that, I think that the micro-podcasting is really, is really uh, interesting and it's unique. And it, it can totally live in the space, right? Because yeah. everyone thinks long form, right? And some some are really long form, right? Like Joe Rogan, for instance, like two to three hours, yeah. you know? But like the micro content is super cool. And I, I'm excited for it. It's gonna oh, be thank fun, you. man. Yeah, I mean I, I think it I think it fits well with with my brand. Like you yeah. know, I, I do like I do try to write short term and yeah. short form rather and mm-hmm. uh, and like epigrams and aphorisms and things and and yeah you know you, you I just I think that you know long form serves serves a purpose it's mm-hmm. like you're you're on a you know you've got some time you like get into it and you go into like longer deeper connection and stories and then these micro ones are kind of like you know I've got a few minutes in the morning or like I can't get to sleep I need something to listen to or right. I just need to chill out for a minute mm-hmm. it's like that's what this is for so oh, they, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. serve different purposes yeah but we're and super pumped yeah the, the music too that you chose for this uh this trailer so when this comes out you can listen to the trailer 
Naked on Cashmere, which is a great title. Thanks. And like it, it instantly gives you like a feeling, which is cool. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh yeah, I know what that feels like. This podcast is going to be great. <laughs> uh, you can listen to that on iTunes and Spotify, right? Like yeah, wherever yeah. you can get podcasts. Yeah. Um, so definitely subscribe to that. And then your book comes out September 10th, yeah. which is rad. And then you'll be on the tour, which people can find on your Instagram. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a website? Yeah, atticuspoetry.com. Atticuspoetry.com. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, cool. And then poet wine. Dude, there's so much. How do you I sleep? I got to give you some of this stuff. That'd be great. <laughs> How do I sleep? Yeah. Uh, yeah there's uh, so much stuff. Listen to the going. podcast. No. <laughs> no. Uh, cool, man. Well, dude, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for giving me the time, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out that episode with Atticus. You can see his work on Instagram at Atticus Poetry or his website, atticuspoetry.com. His book comes out September 10th, The Truth About Magic, the third one in the series. It's going to be good. And then his podcast, Naked on Cashmere, which is the best podcast name out there, so you should remember it, comes out September 1st. It's going to be a good one as well. Listen to the trailer. The trailer is The trailer is great. Um, I listened to the trailer two times. There's music in it. It's really, really good. All right, you guys. Anyways, thank you very much. We appreciate you a lot. You can say hey to us at Darkroom. You can say hey to me at Dane Diener. And yeah, uh, leave us a rating, review. Let us know what you think. That helps the podcast out more than you realize. Um, So anyways, you guys, thank you very much. We appreciate you. I appreciate you. And we will see you guys next time.